Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Emma Wasson. And I'm your co-host, Alan Inzinger. We're broadcasting on 855 Frequency from Nam in the Kulin Nation, also known as Melbourne, Victoria. And you'll be able to find this show as a podcast on 3cr.org.au. Yeah, we're affiliated with Friends of the Earth, otherwise known as FOE. That's right. In November this year, 2018, uh, Victorians are soon to head to the polls. With community concern about climate change on the rise, it's an issue that all political parties must address in detail. That's right, yeah. Um, Our state is undergoing profound change uh, as the population grows, entire industries go to the wall, and climate change starts to really impact our landscapes, economy and lifestyle. Yet Melbourne continues to sprawl. As low-density development covers valuable farmland and remnant vegetation, supported by infrastructure that will perpetuate our current reliance on cars. An election provides all parties with the opportunity to demonstrate leadership on interconnected issues such as climate, energy, social justice and the economy. And so for this election, one of those key campaign asks as part of the uh, Yes to Renewables campaign is to power Melbourne's train network with solar and wind power to ensure Victoria's transport system is clean, modern and non-polluting while creating sustainable jobs in regional Victoria and metropolitan areas. So to tell us more about the response to this call to action is local Yarra City Councillor Jackie Fristacki. Welcome, Jackie. Well, good afternoon, Emma and Alan. Good afternoon. Thanks for... Great subject. (laughs) Yes, uh, one that I think you must know a lot about, so it's great to have your time today. Um, So firstly, um, can you tell us a little bit about your history as a councillor with Yarra City and how you've come to sort of focus in on um, issues of transport? Well, uh, since I've been elected, March 2002, it's a, a fair, fair number of year, years back, uh, but um, I didn't really know a huge amount about transport, apart from visiting great cities with and using public transport, London and Paris and uh, New York and wa- Washington and uh, heaps of other cities in Europe that had excellent public transport, like Vienna, for example, and mm-hmm. German cities, uh, small German towns. Mm, yeah. Uh, but uh, in 2003, um, uh, I was actually asked to by the other councillors to uh, be the council representative on the Metropolitan Transport Forum. Now, that forum of uh, then, it was uh, 19 councils. It's now 25 councils, mm-hmm. all in the metropolitan area. So that's an advocacy for sustainable transport. Janet Rice was chair of that for a period, and I took over from her when she... Um, 
left the chair role of the MTF and helped build it up to 25 councils. So that's a significant slice of Melbourne councils. So there's a lot of advocacy power there for the things that uh, we need to do to make Melbourne livable and sustainable and environmentally um, effective and economic. Um, I've got a bit of a personal question here. You were um, council career starting in 2002, but you were Yarra mayor 2012, 13? Yeah, 2006, uh, yeah. I was mayor, yes, uh, those years uh, during the campaign for the, over the uh, East-West yeah. link uh, mm-hmm. and, of yeah. course, had a pivotal role in that. Yeah, so what, would, what kind of role does the mayor play in the East-West link from my perspective, from a kind of common Joe on the, on the street? It just seems a little bit, if I may, kind of haphazard. It was something, you know, I had friends of mine living on on Alexander Parade and and Hoddle Street and they were all under the impression they were having to move out and find new Mm -hmm. places to live, find new businesses, and then all of a sudden it was just um, quiet. Um, Well, uh, it it was... There was the... uh, an election where the Labor government um, that had committed to building the Melbourne Metro One uh, and other public transport projects was defeated and the Bailey government came in. Uh, and while they came in on policies to... Uh, on, on, on Well, planning for Doncaster Rail, planning for Rail to Monash, the Roville Rail Project, Airport Rail, mm-hmm. a whole lot of pu- public transport policies which helped them get elected... Yeah. Uh, they um, did set up studies for those, $5 million study for Doncaster Rail. It was never completed, though. They did um, the, a draft of Stage 1 mm. uh, and, they, and they did the Roval Rails, but they didn't go anywhere. And uh, while, while they'd been elected on that, that policy, um, it, it came to pass that uh, after the first uh, 12 months or so, uh, particularly after uh, Ted Bailey lost the leadership to Dennis Napthine, that the number one project that was being pursued by the government was uh, to build the East West Link, which mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't uh, set out in the campaign material. It hadn't been there wasn't an electoral mandate for that. Now, on top of that, uh, w- w- in, in in terms of transport modelling, we could see what it would do to Hoddle Street. Mm. Uh, already 130,000 vehicles per day on the Eastern Freeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you uh, built the Westgate Tunnel, yes, it would very efficiently get uh, vehicles from Tullamarine to Hoddle Street. <laughs> mm. Mm. But that being the only exit all the way from the other side of Melbourne, imagine what Hoddle Street would have been like. And yeah. there was no modelling or discussion with the businesses, the city of Yarra, any of the yeah. planning done properly in terms of in the, the impacts and how you would deal with it. I mean, it was just came out of thin air. In terms of the mayor's role, well, the mayor is a spokesperson for council. Um, but in that campaign, there were community groups all over Melbourne and indeed Victoria. We had support mm-hmm. from uh, regional cities. I remember the support from Ballarat and mm-hmm. uh, Bendigo and other regional cities and uh, an enormous amount of support. And the, um, the, the, the campaign uh, activities involved, I remember Rod Conplock at one reading out all of the names of the groups that mm. had coalesced to oppose this because they wanted, they wanted sensible investment, not investment, uh, and that sensible investment, investment in public transport, not investment uh, in a, a very expensive project that was actually going to make traffic worse in Melbourne, mm. mm-hmm. not, only, not only on Hoddle Street but the other end with all the vehicles um, coming 
quickly from the Eastern Freeway through to the Tullamarine Freeway. Imagine mm-hmm. the queue to the airport. Yeah. Uh, now, things are... Ca- you know, transport is, uh, impacts are counterintuitive to a degree. You think, oh, we'll build free, that'll solve the problem. But in fact, you create more a greater bottleneck. If you get mm-hmm. the vehicles through quickly to the Tullamarine Freeway mm-hmm. um, and the queuing to the airport, you know, I mean, the, without the capacity to take on board those those vehicles, and this, you, you just can't take on that many vehicles yeah. per hour. Yeah. Uh, par- you know, just with a parking. I mean, and hence um, the advocacy for airport rail, and it's it's very pleasing. I've spent two, two years um, with uh, another organisation, Rail Futures uh, Institute, RFI, another acronym, yeah. advocating mm-hmm. for airport rail, and um, fortunately um, that battle was won. Okay. Uh, and uh, five billion funding from the Commonwealth Government and five billion from the state government to uh, to build that, plus, okay, wow. plus mm. private enterprise. Um, so I'm going to ask the question... Um, you know, on a on a local government level, um, around planning policies at, mm-hmm. at councils, um, usually you know, because we know that population is growing and there's you know an influx of people that um, come to visit Melbourne um, year on year. Um, so councils usually seek to get people into more active forms of transport, such as riding bikes and walking, to solve some of the issues that causes people to drive because more and more people. Um, you know, seem to be pressured to drive. Um, what do you see as being some of those issues? Well, uh, local government certainly has a huge role in supporting active transport. Uh, local governments are responsible for footpaths on all roads, uh, mm-hmm. including arterial roads. Uh, uh, so uh, one of the things that uh, my council, City of Yarra, decided to do um, when after, shortly after I was elected to focus on improving footpaths over roads to ensure that the footpaths were in good good condition that would encourage people to uh, to use the walking mode, mm-hmm. active transport mm-hmm. mode. And secondly, in 2003, uh, we passed a motion that we should have a bicycle path on every road in, in Yarra. That's every local road in Yarra, wherever possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had a, um, an enterprising um, officer who, who found ways of... Uh, ensuring there were bike paths on every road or facilities for bikes or through uh, whether one-way streets, um, installing uh, bicycles accepted signs, and mm-hmm. throughout Yarra, that's that's um, you'll see see that as quite common uh, through narrow streets having the, having uh, bike markings and shadows, mm. and but and of course lane markings. So they're two major ways that we um, we have encouraged. Uh, uh, cycling, but but also the example uh, mares on bikes. We we've, mm. we've we've run mares on bikes, and all, all the councils showing leadership mm-hmm. to the community. And mm. I know I've walked walked um, through the streets. Some um, people sort of come and say, "Yeah, it's great that you're cycling." And you mm. know, I sort of known yeah. was known as yeah. the mayor mayor on bikes. And mm-hmm. uh, in 2006, when I was mayor, and I've continued that. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows good leadership that. Mm. Uh, you, um, you, you, you're putting your money where your mouth is, mm. but you know, um, it, it is just the most efficient way of travelling mm-hmm. in in a, in a Melbourne. One of the real problems in Melbourne is we've got now free trams mm. uh, in the CBD area, and more people are catching the tram mm. and clogging up the tram timetable, clogging up the they would previously have walked. I mean, it was just retrograde to do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
yes, it was. It helps with for tourists, uh, but it is it is retrograde. Because, uh, better have made free buses out in the you know out in the outer areas. Areas mm. just so yep. to give people more options. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. Look, we talked about options and sort of making it easier for people to to walk or ride. Um, but I think one of the other issues that I see is that um, there's a more casualised workforce now as well, in- increasingly so. So that you've got, you know, people um, like I do casual teaching and there's no way I can mm-hmm. just catch a, a, a tram or a train to whichever school I'm going to because I don't know until the but morning. Could, well, um, yeah. it depends then, on distance. You could cycle, but it depends could, on the distance. Most of the yeah. schools that I end up getting sent to are, um, you know, 40 minutes away yeah. driving. So I just sort of don't... Yeah, so I'm sure there's other people in that, you know, and people who, um, you know, are tradies that have tools mm-hmm. and heavy things to carry. So, you know, being able to pro- provide options for, you know, the diversity of people in, in the communities is really important so that, you know, riding and walking is an option um, and and that there's enough train trains and trams to, to service yep. a yeah. range of people. But the yeah. more that more people you have on public transport and there, there, there's... Um uh, at least another thirty percent of people who would prefer to use public transport if it was available. Now, yeah. if you do that, imagine all the road space you you free up for your your drive between <laughs> schools and for yeah. the tradies and mm-hmm. you know. And um, when you explain that to to people who who are really um, enamoured of driving and who need to drive as part of their work, mm. well, they, they they accept that. Mm. You know, you you really. Need to give them a better run on on the roads rather than being congested, uh, trying to get to service jobs across Melbourne. Mm. Uh, so, uh, the more people use public transport, that frees up the road space. Yeah. And the road, That's the right. roads are actually got a lot of uh, capacity on them. Mm. Uh, if uh, if you shift uh, even five or ten percent of people into public transport, and that's why what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're just um, going to go to a community service announcement and uh, we'll be back in a moment. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Welcome back. You're listening to Dirt Radio. Um, we've been talking to Yarra City Councillor Jackie Fristacki, former mayor um, of, of council. Um, we've been talking about the issue of commuting around the city. We're talking about buses, trams, trains, all things on wheels or tracks. Uh, Yarra Council's been um, very active as an advocate for um, more sustainable options of transport. Well, actually, firstly, Jackie, uh, you were at an action on Saturday, which was to do with the the MM2. Yes. Yep. Can you tell us um, a, a bit about that? What was that action about, and um, what do you think it, it um, evoked for well, for people? That was a gathering uh, organised by the Friends of the Earth, mm-hmm. uh, but joined by City of Yarra, Yarra, myself, and the Mayor, 
uh, and uh, also Public Transport Users Association. Another acronym, acronym mm-hmm. Melbourne MM2 is short for Melbourne Metro 2, which is uh, a rail, Melbourne Metro Rail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, um, it it's follows on from the current Melbourne Metro 1, MM1 that is being built uh, as we speak. Uh, mm-hmm. It's due to well, it's, uh, it was scheduled to be completed by 2025, even 2026. But I understand it's it's ahead of schedule. May well be completed 2024, or mm. and that's very exciting. So that's um that that's your. I mean, you're from Eng- England, and yeah. so you're familiar with the British Crossrail through through London. Yeah. Um, well, MM1, MM2 could be parallel with that crossrail. So the Melbourne Metro 1, which is being built from uh, the, 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 the the northwest of, of Melbourne down to the southeast, that is from the Arden, which, Arden area, which is now going to be North Melbourne, and the North Melbourne station will be called West, West Melbourne, Arden, which will then go mm-hmm. to Melbourne University, Carlton Park will to serve all of that precinct, go through the CBD with two new rail stations yes. uh, underneath um, yeah. underneath um, Swanson Street at the northern and southern, near, near, mm-hmm. near, just north of Flinders Street and south of um, just near where RMIT is, and then go down to Domain. So that's one cross through Melbourne, or one part of a cross through Melbourne. And MM2 is, is really another cross from the, the southwest, uh, which and to the northeast. Right. So southwest being... Well, it depends where you start, but Newport Fisherman's Bend, right. uh, uh, and then through the CBD, through some cross flag staff, then to it's proposed it will go to the Melbourne Metro One station, Carlton Parkville, mm-hmm. uh, and indeed uh, that station is being um, built, yeah. anticipating the Melbourne Metro Two station underneath it, and then right. from there, Melbourne Metro Two, it'll you know all tun- both all tunnels, Melbourne Metro Two would proceed east to join the Clifton Hill line to go to Mernda and Whittlesea. Right, now, Mernda, okay. that is Wyndham, uh, and really in the west, that is um, the, the Wyndham area um, uh, before, you get to, um, before you get to Newport and Fisherman's Bend. That area is, is one of the most fastest-growing areas of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the aim is to that to be able to link to job-rich areas in the inner areas, yeah. and then the same with Whittlesea in the northeast at the other end of the MM2, mm-hmm. which is um, you know the, the Epping Mernda uh, South Morang growth corridor mm-hmm. that they would be able to uh, get to Jobbridge areas um, and through coming through Yarra as well, right from between Clifton. Well, Clifton Hills just is Yarra, just near mm-hmm. the border, with um, Darabin going on the on that line. So that's Mill Metro too. So that would give uh, a fabulous spine through Melbourne when we have both of those tunnels operating. And Transport for Victoria estimates that that will substantially enhance capacity of all of the rail lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're overcrowded. They're mm-hmm. acting well beyond capacity. That will enable many more trains to be throughput and associated with completion of MM1. Uh, um, the other organisation I'm involved with, with Israel Futures Institute is is um, emphasising the need for reconfiguration of the Melbourne Underground Rail Loop so mm-hmm. trains don't go around it but they can go through and that will save time and enable speedier travel mm-hmm. and much greater capacity going through. Yeah. So 
uh, read those sorts of redesigns are just critical, and Melbourne Metro too is is a very high priority mm-hmm. uh, to help alleviate those pressures on the rail system. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of other great projects too. But we have mm-hmm. this huge catch up of fifty year catch up of what we need to do. Yeah. Do you think um, because there's so many benefits to have the MM2 um, project complete, would Yarra Council stop work on the North East Link? given um, that it would prevent Doncaster Rail from being built? Well, we have a separate motion on uh, the North East Link uh, opposing it uh, probably possibly about six months ago. So the linking of of the outer ring um, is the Western Ring Road with uh, Eastern has merit, but to bring traffic in along the Eastern Freeway through into Yarra is, is crazy, mm. you know. Uh, the, their model, um, that is the North East Link Authority, I say it will be a mini-school additional traffic, but when you've got at one time 16 lanes, the uh, Eastern Freeway being expanded to 16 lanes, or in, and I think it might be 18 lanes at one stage, you know, yeah. where, wow, where Berlin Road comes in, that's, those vehicles are going to exit. Yeah. Uh, some of them are going to exit at, uh, well, a range of places, but uh, Chandler Highway, yeah, that's going to be yeah. a big exit, and uh, that's going to be more chockers, the Hoddle, Hoddle Street, more chockers. Yeah, Alexander yeah. Bridge, which, by the way, has 70,000 vehicles a day currently, but no public transport along its length. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they want to duplicate, you know, there's talk about duplicating underground, a 10-lane road above ground with, with no public transport. I mean, you no. know, the... There's the problem in in it really we've got is lack of proper a proper integrated transport plan, mm-hmm. and that's a mandatory requirement under the Transport Integration Act 2010, mm-hmm. and we haven't got one. Right, know? we just haven't got one that is properly planning the sequencing yeah. and priorities yeah. over time, and uh, that shows because we aren't able to plan properly mm. with this project sequencing that time and and the construction and the urban planning developments mm. then are fitted in around mm. uh, integrated with that it's not that's not happening i was um i was actually hoping to to kind of take the the topic of conversation just slightly to um renewable yes. energy is anyone looking at you know solar power wind power uh, you also have a there, is there someone looking at, at renewable uh, energy for for public well, transport well yeah yeah retrams uh, i think are probably it's probably 2006 or thereabouts. Yeah, I went to a launch yeah. of their solar-powered tram yeah. along Wellington Parade. Uh, so, you know, that was uh, an initial uh, launch. In terms of getting uh, energy from methane, I mean, that's been around for a long time, even right. in Melbourne. If you, I remember in the 80s going to the Karam Water Sewerage Treatment Plant and there they've got two turbines from... From um, wind, you know, using methane off the sewage, that really? uh, yeah, is, is is power, and they use they've been using the water, recycled the water there for the local golf courses, and that's been going on for decades and decades. So wow. it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that was very sophisticated. It was quite exciting to go and see it. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's where when you flush your toilet, that's where it ends up, yeah. and this is what happens. You know, All and right. I've been well, to the Werribee full, treatment plant as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been done, but it needs to be expanded dramatically for all forms of uh, transport that, that use energy. Yeah. yeah, And we've heard recently that there was um, a motion passed at Yarra City Council to support renewable-powered mm. trains. 
Um, what role did you play in that, if any? Well, I was one of the mem- members of council who I um, went through unanimously. So we have been certified as a one planet council, first in Australia, um, yep. mm-hmm. uh, well, first in Victoria. Uh, there was some competition with Fremantle and Sydney, and also to support the circular economy. Uh, we had motions on uh, cl- uh, climate emergency. We'll have, be mm-hmm. having banners up on the town hall uh, on on that issue, on uh, the state of climate emergency we're in uh, yep. I mean, and the risks we've got to the planet. We can't keep using the resources of three planets. No. That is planet yeah. suicide. And Australia is three planets. The US is yeah. four. Yeah. And countries, some countries are, are going from one or two to three or four. So yeah. somehow we have to get back to that uh, circular economy mm-hmm. uh, so that we get back, that we are uh, living within, living our, within means. our means yeah. and not not planet suicide. How, how does the council then advocate to other councils to support that motion to have an influence on state mm-hmm. government given that we've got an election coming up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, we, what we do with our motions, um, and, and a lot of them where they impact on uh, other tiers of government, we uh, refer them to the Municipal Association Victoria that represents all Victorian councils, or we refer them uh, if, if they have a federal... Um, uh, t- element mm-hmm. refer them to the Australian Local Government Association, so they both have the the, the conferences there, and they get passed at the M- MAV, mm-hmm. uh, and that that would have will the MAV advocate on behalf of the sector to the state government, and then right. so it goes that way. For now, um, that's all we've got time for for this show. We've been talking to Yarra City Councillor Jackie Fristaki, and all links and all the materials um, that we've discussed today um, will be up on the Dirt Radio website on 3cr.org.au along with the podcast. Uh, So thanks very much for listening. We're Dirt Radio and we'll be back next Tuesday at 9.30.